0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bible study again this week. We're in page 10 of 11 of the intro of the King James Bible by the 47 translators. 10 of 11. And as we go into this 10th page, uh, we have another attaboy for Jerome. Uh, they talk about how learned he really was, and uh, Jerome said that there's if you're in the Old Testament you should be checking the Hebrew. And the new should be, uh, of course, uh, in the coronet Greek. The original language is a must to getting it correct. Okay. Um, And the authors here, the 47 translators, they conclude that this, this is what they did. They not only checked out every other Bible version On the uh, firmament of the earth, they went back to the original language, Greek and Hebrew. And as it moves down the page, uh, talking about not moving too fast and not moving too slow. Now, see the Septuagint, the Septuagint, they claim they did in 72 days. Okay, they condensed some books of (laughs) it and this and that. Um, Now, whether or not that's true, I I can't see where that's true. But the Septuagint means seven. So they were obsessing over seven. Um, There were 70 of those people that were putting that together back pre-Christ. All right, then the, the 47 translators go to another complaint about Jerome. And they said that Jerome complained that whenever he would uh, publish anything, they would grab it before he could check it. In other words, he'd make a document, a commentary of some kind. Before he could mend it or uh, correct it, they would take it from him, the Catholics would, and they'd publish it. and then, and the, as the page goes on, uh, they talk about origin again. This is pre Testament during the time of the Maccabees. Um, that he overshot his commentaries, uh, to the point of being, um, fraudulent. Um, and this is, uh, once again, they talk about the seriousness of translation. Um, They bragged, boast that the hand of the Lord was on them, and that they didn't go slow, and they didn't go fast, and that they checked. They translated out of these particular languages, and we have a list here. First off, Chaldee, and that's Babylonian, Hebrew, Syrian, Greek, Latin. Spanish, French, Italian, and Dutch, all those were translations of the Bible that they used to make our King James Bible. Then we go into the people that criticized this uh, endeavor, the ones that criticized the King James Bible. Uh, They didn't want side notes, okay? And what they're saying is, uh, they're going back to some of the other people that they like St Augustine and those people that said hey as long as you're staying true to the scriptures they're okay as long as you stay true to the scriptures that helps the readers okay that's their they're 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 arguing back uh And what another point they're making here as the page goes on is that if there's words that are only once in the Bible, so there's no harmonization, I can't look at uh, other places where that same word is used. Um, There's no harmonizing the word, and they're talking about names, like for instance, Lucifer appears one time in the Bible, but birds, beasts, precious stones, all that the 47. Translators are saying are okay for margin notes. Um, there's a variety of texts, as, as they're talking about, and languages that they use to make the King James. They go into that. And they say they're staying true blue with their marginal notes, and I agree. They're the best marginal notes I've seen in any any Bible, where at least they attempt. They're not perfect, but they attempt to try to help you out as, as they go. Um, and this uh, Sixtus Quintus, six and five, that came out of origin forbid side notes, see. And what are they saying? They said, we'll explain it to you. You you, you people of the steeple, you sit down here and I'm the great potentate um, and I will explain it to you. Uh, Pope Paul II and the dictators of Rome. said, their word is an oracle in itself. And the translators come back and say, no, they're just men and they're fallible. And so side notes are okay. And that's where the page 10 ends. All right? So, what do we have here? We're battling the Alexandria and Pergamos libraries. Those are world Power libraries, okay? Now, we take Alexandria, and we have the body of who? Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great is the first of the Greco-Roman Antichrists. They're right. <laughs> when we did the Wicked Eagle Prophecy, when we did the, uh, um, the Book of Daniel, we talked about the four layers. One, battle on the great. Two, Medo Persia, the split empire. Three, the Greco Roman Empire, and that's it. His body was moved there to Alexandria by Ptolemy. Okay, so you have that. All right. But then you go to Pergamos and there Satan's feet, his throne. <laughs> so here this is what you're battling. Are they worthy to, to be giving you the Bible? They have all the occult doctrines available to the world listen satan's had a throne uh in fact at the end of this we have one more sunday of this it'll be 11 of 11. ezekiel talks about his throne right there entire. tire and what is it it's the trademark it's the same thing again and there it's prophesied against a vivid description of satan's seat but this pergamos this library in Alexandria, are together. And who is the guy that put them and kept them going was Antoni. Like Anton LeBay dropped the Y. Anton. Antony, And both libraries supported each other. Uh, the fruit of the libraries is their mythological doctrine. <laughs> and those are the ones that are published that we can read. You realize that when I, if I give you 10 doctrines, that there's another five doctrines that are withheld that aren't for the eyes of the profane. They're not going to give them to you and they're not going to give them to me willfully, like raw Satanism. That is a secret. Religion, it's a secret doctrine. It is not if you have ears and eyes, but you can hear it. No, their doctrines. They're real doctrines the ones that are worse than what's published here. As we go through this, we're going to talk about the Hermes doctrine there. And the fact is that that's just one that's given to us. The real human sacrifice and barbecuing and babies and bathing in bathtubs of, of babies' blood, that's hidden for obvious reasons. But this, this uh, so we have the hidden doctrines that are also contained in both of these Libraries over the world. This is world power we're talking about, and that's what we're up against today. Do you realize this is the tale of two libraries, and they are on a rampage today? I cannot, I cannot turn anyone on. Within five minutes, I bust them, not knowing what the hell they're talking about in the Bible. Five minutes. And I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of the human race. Why should I be the one sitting here correcting these people? You don't know that Israel was given to Jacob there in the Old Testament in Genesis, and you come out and say Israel was never in Genesis. And you're a preacher? That's a schoolboy mistake. That's a schoolboy mistake, folks. Listen to me. These people contained the Plato, Aristotle, Homer, Pythagoras, Heroides, Hippocrates, Euripides. Now that's that's Europe who Europe was named after. And, and she was what? Bred by the angels. Bred by Zeus. And she was the queen of Crete. See, all oh, that's the same philosophy. Of tampering with the spacemen, getting bred by them, and becoming a god. They have their poets here, Pinar, Sapho. Uh, listen, the, the Impergamos was the first temple of the empirical cult in honor of Augustus in Rome. That is that a surprise? No. That's where Satan's seat was. You had Hermes, the Heroidian doctrine, Dionysus, after the cult of Diana, and then Zeus. And Zeus is the one that supposedly bred Euripa, and that's the, the bull. She's riding the bull there today. If you look at the shrine there in front of their headquarters across Europe, she's riding the bull, and it says, the lady rides the beast. And underneath that, it says, Rebuilding Babylon. And the lady that's sitting there naked, that's riding that bull, is supposed to be this uh, Euripa. Okay, so this is how ingrained this is. This philo school, is, it's a great Kabbalah center, Zohar, Talmud, mystics, astrology, Greek mythology, the Dionysus cult, the Gnostic cult, that's the Nicolanteans, the Baal worship, the philosophy of Atlantis. Does everybody know what that is? That we're gonna go back pre-flood, and that the old religion from before the flood is gonna rise and the California's gonna fall off in the water. Hey, this is old stuff, and the little green men or dragons, or whatever they appear at, are coming down to school mankind. How about that, okay? Plutarch, the guy that, oh, oh, I just saw a picture of him, someone showed him to me. 500 B.C., what does he have in his hand? The globe! Now, didn't Columbus sail the ocean blue to find out if the world was round or not? Oh, all lies! All of these people are Rosicrucians. That is a that is a school of lies. You can't believe a Rosicrucian. <laughs> and so this, uh, God, well, he was a great astrologer. He's the one that discovered it and clear up in the 1570s. Well, how can Plutarch have a gold model in his hand? Not only that, but he gave the Doctrine of atoms. I had that in literature class. OU. No the Doctrine of atoms? They're back pre-500 BC? I thought that was new science that we just invented. No, it comes from the Egyptian mystery school. And you can't believe what Plato said? Go ahead, get the philosophy of Plato. Or the hermeneutics. The hermeneutics. It's the same crap, and that's what's in front of you. See, all these people that come into this, and they think, and they've had it all watered down, and they have little names for all these fallen angels. Eventually, they'll get to a higher degree if they're not froze, and they'll discover their god is Lucifer. It's Satan. And that's worldwide. China. They believed their God was a dragon that came from heaven and bred mankind. That's the the philosophy of China. Okay, so this is worldwide. But anyway, I'm going back here to finish reading this Bible. And I'm going to go back here to 2 Maccabees because I talk about Alexandria the Great, his seat and this uh, scoundrel that took it over and wanted to become the emperor God himself there in Jerusalem. So let's go to 2 Maccabees. there. His name is Antiochus. And there was a line of Antiochus. But the, the, but the, uh, the seat is the same. It is The uh, the seat of Alexander the Great, the first of the Antichrists, and uh, we're in five, okay. And uh, I'm going to read a couple verses here in five. It says, "About the same time, Antiochus prepared his second voyage into Egypt, and then it happened." that through all the city, the the space of almost 40 days, there were seen horsemen running in the air in cloth and gold and armed with lances like a band of soldiers. And troops of horsemen in array, encountering and running one against another with shaking of shields and multitude of pikes and drawing of swords and casting darts and glittering golden ornaments and harness of all sorts now what is that let me tell you that's god almighty giving this dude an attitude adjustment okay and that's the same god we serve today and people just don't get it they don't get the fact that we have a god that's not going to put up with them he's not going to put up with them Mutilating the kids, ruining Christianity, because they certainly did that. They have. Uh, I am astounded at the ignorance out here and the stupid people following them. Chapter six, though, we go into what does Antiochus do? Does he get an attitude adjustment after God showed him this army in heaven? Okay, now I'm gonna read Second Maccabees. Chapter 6, 1 through 4. Not long after this, the king sent an old man of Athens to compel the Jews to depart from the laws of their fathers and not to live after the laws of God. See, there's our doctrine, folks. And to pollute also the temple in Jerusalem and to call it the temple of Jupiter Olympus. And that in Gasm of Jupiter, the defender of strangers, as they did desire that dwelt in the place. Okay, so what's he doing? He's converting everybody into this origin school of philosophy. Jupiter um, represents Satan. It's used to this day. And Olympus, that's the, um, what did we say about the Olympics and their their bloody sacrifice to uh, uh, Zeus and to Hercules? It's the same religion. For the temple was filled in with riot and reveling by the Gentiles who dallied with harlots and had to do with women within the circuit of the holy places. And besides that, brought in things that were not lawful. Okay, what are they doing there as you turn to seven? Those are called temple harlots. Folks. They're temple harlots and the ungodly sex. Is there to attract the fallen angel <laughs> to attract the fallen angel, folks, that's what it's there for. say uh, when when that's why they have homosexual relations there at the rituals they they have the most vile sex they can possibly have along with the bloodshed. Now this Antiochus. I complained about what he did and so did Paul in the New Testament. Complained about on the winter solstice. Okay. See, how did you get Hanukkah? How did the Jews get Hanukkah there during the winter solstice? Well, this is how. This Antiochus for sport. Now, what do you do? Well, I go fishing or I ride my motorcycle. Uh, he, uh, raises chickens he that's how we go through life but what does antiochus the great king that wants to convert everybody to his religion what does he do uh during the winter solstice seven brethren all of them murdered by this scoundrel for entertainment Listen to this. And this is what Paul was talking about in the faith chapter. He's talking about this lady, this mother here. It came to pass also that seven brethren with their mother were taken and compelled by the king, again, against the law to, to taste swine's flesh and were tormented with scourges and whips. But one of them that spake first said this, What shouldest thou ask? or learn of us, we are ready to die rather than to transgress the laws of our fathers. Again, there's the doctrine. Can you imagine during this period of time being one of the people that's trying to get it all into Greek to go around the world? And here's this king here in Jerusalem having his fun. Okay, so that's what he said. I'm ready to die for our doctrine. Then the king being in a rage Commanded pans and cauldrons to be made hot, which forthwith being heated, he commanded to cut out the tongue of him that spake first, and to cut off the utmost parts of his body, the rest of his brethren and his mother looking on. Now, when he was thus maimed in all his members, he commanded him, being yet alive, to be brought to the fire and to be fried in the pan. And as the vapor of the pan was for a good space dispersed, they exhorted one another, with the mother, to die manfully, saying thus, The Lord God looketh upon us, and in truth hath comfort in us, as Moses in his, law, in his song, which witnessed to their faces, declaring, saying, and he shall be comforted in his servants so when the first was dead after this manner they brought the second to make him a mocking stock and when they had pulled off the skin of his head with the hair they asked him wilt thou eat before thou be punished throughout every member of thy body question mark but he answered in his own language and said no wherefore he also received the next torment in order as the former did and when he was at the last gasp, he said thou like a fury takest us out of this present life but the king of the world that's jesus christ shall raise us up who have died for his laws Unto everlasting life Notice the laws, folks That's the doctrine That's the written word Ten it says after him Was the third made a mocking stock And when he was required He put out his tongue And that right soon Holding forth his hands manfully And said courageously Take I, he said courageously. These I had from heaven, and for his laws I despise them, and from him I hope to receive them again. That's the resurrection, folks. Our beautiful resurrection that this stinking rapture lie ruins, our, our given resurrection, the gift from God Almighty, and we're gonna listen to, Darby. From the leek castle. Little heathen. 12, it says, insomuch that the king and they that were with him marveled at the young man's courage, for that he nothing regarded the pains. And 13, now, when this man was dead also, they tormented and mangled the, the fourth in like manner. So when he was ready to die, he said thus. It is good, being put to death by men, to look for hope from God, to be raised up again by him. As for thee, thou shalt have no resurrection to life. Talking to the king. Afterward, they brought the the fifth also and mangled him. And then looked he unto the king and said, Thou hast power over men. Thou art corruptible. Thou doest what thou wilt. Yet think not that our nation is forsaken of God. But abide a while, and behold his great power, how he will torment thee and thy seed. After him also they brought the first, I mean the sixth, who being ready to die said, Be not deceived without cause, for we suffer these things for ourselves having sinned against our God. Therefore, marvelous things, marvelous things are done unto us. But think not thou that takest in hand to strive against God, that thou shalt escape unpunished. But the mother was marvelous above all and worthy of honorable memory. For when she saw her seven sons slain within the space of one day, she bare it with good courage because of the hope that she had in the Lord. Yea, she exhorted every one of them in her own language, filled with courageous spirits and stirring up her womanish thoughts with a manly stomach, she said unto them. I cannot tell how you came into my womb, for I neither gave you breath nor life. Neither was it I that formed the members of every one of you. But doubtless, the creator of the world, who formed the generation of man and found out the beginning of all things, will also, of his own mercy, give you breath and life again, as you now regard not your own selves for his laws' sake. Okay, we'll stop right there, and uh, we'll move to Acts. What I'm telling you is that Paul, Paul uh, talked about this incident, and it goes on here. Antiochus, uh, and he did this on the winter solstice, and this is what enraged the Maccabees. One of the things that enraged them so much, to where they were ready to fight. That's it. We're we're not going to put up with this. We're going to swing the sword. If we go, we go. So, this particular Antiochus, who is the same chair as Alexander the Great, he did this for a sport, and he did this because he put out that edict where, and if he caught anyone circumcising. He would hang them out on there, and so he was a, a big plague. But this was done as an example. This is what Paul was talking about there in the Hebrews in the New Testament. This is what he, he's talking about, the lady that was so brave and through faith did what did what she did. Okay, so here we are. Now, we had the part in here which was a big, uh, a big, big, huge expose of the Alexandrian school. They called themselves the Libertines there and they were Alexandrians and here they were the ones that got stow- uh, Stephen stoned. Um, so this is what it was like around Jerusalem. And you understand how brave a, Person that's translating this to get this doctrine that's being suppressed here. You can see how it's being suppressed with that. Okay, uh, uh, but what else is going on? This is shortly after uh, Christ's uh, ascension to the throne. This is chapter 8, chapter 8 in the book of Acts. And I'm going to read verses 5. 24, on Simon the sorcerer, okay, says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched uh, the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were calmed down, praised, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Saying, give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness, and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. Now this is what's going on in most parts of the middle east and jerusalem is no better uh okay i'll tell you what let's get uh i got uh the midget he's backed by popular demand and he's going to speak on this religion he's going to speak on this uh, ptolemy alexandria philo religion that madame blavatsky and all the great occultists worshiped even anton levey the uh front runner there with the church of satan um, and then one of his cronies started the Seventh Church of Satan because he said Anton LaVey was not uh, was wasn't hardcore enough. So uh, they're they're named after this great disciple over Pergamos and Alexandria. And anyway, he's got a uh, an expose of this school. Uh, So without any more delays, here's Mr. Midget back by Poplar D-Man. Good
1: morning. <clears throat> I'm going to start off with uh, history here. It's from a magazine called History of the Occult. And the first uh, part of this I'm
0: going to read, This is uh, the author of this is D.D. Cheney, <laughs> the author of this article. And this is about Hermes Trismegistus. King Ptolemy I
1: introduced the worship of new gods in order to unify the two opposing traditions of the Egyptian people and their Greek rulers, called intrapatio Gracia. Greek gods and myths were equated with those of other religions as an easy way to understand the invading culture. This was easily accepted by the Egyptians, who were already using or used to combining. Their deities as one. The Egyptian Osiris and Apis grew into the new Serapis, a figure joining Greek appearance and Egyptian religious ideas. This god was used as a poster boy figure for this Greek interg- integration. As the king took a pre existing belief and capitalized on it, morphing the god into an amalgam. Of the two and spreading this worship throughout Egypt for his own ends. The ancient Egyptian god Thoth did not escape this fate as he was too a victim of this attempt at integration. Thoth became associated with the Greek god Hermes as the two ruled over similar forces in the universe. Hermes was the great or the Greek god of travelers, doorways, boundaries and their transgression, as well as herds, sleep, and gymnastics. Yet he is most famously known for being an emissary and messenger of the gods. Both has also been called a messenger, while some downplay this role and focus on his aspect as a scribe. It is understandable why some would equate the concepts of messenger and acting as intermediary particularly with both figures grounded in diplomacy and equilibrium. Hermes is usually depicted with a cap, winged boots, a keeklon, cadaceous, or herald staff as a symbol of peace, often wearing a robe or cape, only later developing into the naked youth we know today. Strangely, Hermes was also known for magic as his helmet was said to conceal him, and it was he who gave a magical plant to the Odysseus to protect him from Circe. In the Hellenistic period, after the death of Alexander the Great in 323 BC, Hermes grew in popularity, and his feats became embellished and even more celebrated. Some have suggested that as emissary and messenger, the god was viewed as able to mediate between worlds, the seen and unseen, and because of this, his sphere of influence might have extended to divination and magic. Like the Egyptian god Thoth, soon the two gods had been completely conflated through the interpretatio gracia, and seen as one god. By the mid-first century, A.D., Thoth was often referred to as thrice great, stemming from the Egyptian idea of composite deities with many aspects. While the exact meaning of thrice great is still unknown, we can understand Thoth's importance as the the personification of the mind of God and the god who organizes and directs all governing forces of the known universe. The veneration of this god was some of the greatest in the land and might go some way to explaining such a grand epithet. Most attribute the first instances of this name as appearing in the writings of Athenagoras of Athens and in a fragment from Philo of Byblos, while others take this back to Egyptian cult texts from the second century BC. Through this threefold aspect of Thoth and his association with Hermes, the composite and more complex figure of Hermes, Trismegistus was born. The 10th century Suda, a Byzantine encyclopedia explains that Hermes was given the name of Trismegistus because there is one divine nature within the Trinity. We can view this in a similar way to how Christianity has the divine trilogy of God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, who are all separate yet integral. Hermes Trismegistus was patron of philosophy, alchemy, magic, and astrology, and credited as the instigator Of one of the most mystical philosophies known to date. Historically, many considered Hermes Trismegistus to be an actual figure, a wise prophet, a contemporary of Abraham. Only one thing is for certain, the figure of Hermes Trismegistus is shrouded in mystery, yet credited with passing down sacred and ritual knowledge. Some say he wandered the lands of Egypt before even the time of Moses. Others believed that he was a contemporary of Abraham, passing on sacred knowledge to him. Others considered him one of a long line of prophets, passing on the one truth, the prista Theologica, from God, in the same vein as the Persian Zoroaster, and some believe he is an ancestor of the prophet Muhammad himself. Hermes was believed to be the author of countless texts conveying ancient wisdom. Many say he is the author of the 42 books previously credited to Thoth, while Plato mentioned a hall containing 9,000 years of ancient wisdom at the Temple of Neith at size in the Nile Delta. Some of these texts are collectively referred to as the Hermetica, which detailed knowledge of magic, the universe, and the mind in the form of a dialogue between a master and student. Indeed, the master was Hermes Trismegistus himself. This body of work, the basis of Hermes, Hermeticism, dealing with magical plants and gemstones, making talismans, summoning spirits with astrology, and the drawing down of the stars one of the most important of the hermetica texts was the asclepius which explained how to trap demons and spirits inside statues while his palm from the corpus hermeticum detailed the creation of the world by the son of god known as the world reminiscent of the biblical genesis these texts are generally thought to originate between 100 to 300 AD and can be divided into two types, those dealing with philosophy and those dealing with magic. Hermeticism focused on using magico religious practices to transcend the constraints of the physical body. These teachings became popular through the Hellenistic period linked to Platonism and Stoicism, with an element of Jewish and Persian influences, and saw a revival with the alchemy of the Middle Ages right through to the Renaissance. Various legends about the comings and goings of Hermes Trismegistus have been developed over the centuries. Some say that Hermes Trismegistus appeared in Islamic literature in the form of the prophet Idris, with his writing being recorded by Ikhwan al safa a secret society of Muslim philosophers, translated as the Brethren of Purity. Others go so far as to claim that he traveled from Egypt to visit advanced races living in outer
0: space, and even to heaven
1: itself, before returning to earth. He is also credited with building the pyramids <laughs> at Giza. The emerald tablets sheds light on these beliefs as it is seen as one of the foundations of hermetic practice written by Hermes Trismegistus himself. The tablet is associated with the secret of the prima materia and the philosopher's stone. Although the origin of the tablet Is murky. Many believe it is another example of a source credited with being older than it actually is. And in reality, first reference to it is an Arabic text dating to between the sixth and eighth centuries BC. The Book of Balinus, the Wise on the Causes. Legend tells that the tablet was found in the arms of a corpse seated on a golden throne under a statue of Hermes in Tyana. The tablet was not translated into Latin until the 12th century BC, and a translation was found amongst Isaac Newton's papers. And it was picked up extensively by later mystical scholars. Now I'm gonna go to some research that I did
0: And this is from the Encyclopedia
1: Britannica. This is on religious syncretism. This is the synchronizing of
0: religions. And here are
1: some examples of it. Religious syncretism is the fusion of diverse religious beliefs and practices. Instances of this, for example, Gnosticism which is a religious dualistic system that incorporated elements from the Oriental mystery religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Greek. Religious philosophical concepts were particularly prevalent during the Hellenistic period, 300 BC to 300 AD. The fusion of cultures that was affected by the conquest of Alexander the Great, his successors, and the Roman Empire, tended to bring together a variety of religious and philosophical views that resulted in a strong tendency toward religious synchronism. An example of syncretism is Christian Kabbalah. Christian Kabbalah developed during the Renaissance, influenced by a burgeoning interest in the mysticism of Jewish Kabbalah by Christian scholars. This movement saw the integration of Kabbalistic concepts with Christian theology, interpreting them from a distinctively Christian perspective. Christian Kabbalists link concepts like the Sephirot, which is a fundamental aspect of Kabbalistic mysticism, with Christian beliefs. The emergence of Christian Kabbalah can be traced back to the fall of Constantinople and the influx of Neoplatonic documents into Europe. Key figures in the development of Christian Kabbalah included Giovanni Pico della Marandola, who combined Platoism, Neoplatonism, Aristotelianism, Hermeticism, and Kabbalah, doesn't that sound like it's coming right out of the Alexandria library? No, it is. Coming. That's
0: exactly what we're up against. It's describing what we're up against. And we're up against we're up against this today. And this is why you have the obelisk over every church. Why? That's the shaft of Baal. Who did he just name here? Did he not use the term Baal? Kabbalah. That means Baal is God, is what the term means. And they're contacting devils. They're doing rituals.
1: They're, all right. Go ahead. Synchronistic movements in the Orient, such as Manichaeism, which is the dualistic religion founded by the 3rd century Iranian prophet Mani, who combine elements of Christianity, Zoroastrianism, and Buddhism, and Sikhism, which is a combination of Islam and Hinduism. Christianity merged with the religious beliefs in South America's indigenous people with this result as the missionaries went into South America. A Christian will be guilty of syncretism, for example, when he decides to adopt an animistic practice such as to worship the spirit of the trees, rocks, and rivers, while at the same time worshiping the God of the Bible. Another example is the Santeria, which is an African diasporic religion that developed during the late 19th century in Cuba. It arose through a process of syncretism between traditional Yoruba religion of West Africa and the Roman Catholic form of Christianity and spiritism. And if anybody remembers out there, this is what Michelle Obama was practicing in the White House. Santeria, and uh, doing all the rituals there, right there in the White House.
0: And that's what I have for you today. It just
1: shows you how these religions melded together, all clear back to the school of Alexandria. Well, there's some uh, flowery talk
0: there with big words, and it's simple. Uh, When he talks about the the triad in their religion, they are mocking God with that. But it's the divine king, the divine queen, and the divine child, the three of them. That is the basis to all the occult. Uh, If you go to the pyramids, and that guy didn't build those pyramids. Those were pre-flood, by the way. But you have the king's chamber, the queen's chamber, and off to the right is Horus, like in horizon, like in the sunrise. That's Baal. Okay? And what does all that mean? Well, for one, if you're a Rothschild, um, who now claims that he's the founding father of Jerusalem. Oh, yeah, they're, they're pushing that on, on YouTube. Rothschild saying, I found it, it was my family that founded it. No, you're a Anyway, he believes, they believe, in incest. You see, this same uh, Nathan Rothschild says, no, we marry our nieces. (laughs) Yeah, so incest is okay. And see, the queen comes back and has sex with her son to reincarnate Baal, who is the king. You understand this gobbledygook religion? And they just change the names. Now, when it starts to say dualistic, that's the polar opposites. I I I do so much evil. And I do so much good, and I balance them out. And as I balance them out, I gain the force. Does all this make sense to everybody? This is their religion. It doesn't matter what names you call it. They change their names just to add confusion so that the people of the steeple won't know what they're doing. But the reason you have that steeple, that the, the uh, original obelisk over a church was from Egypt. And they were moved there. Constantine gave one to the Protestants and one the Pope sent there to Rome. Then they've been there ever since. And that represents the phallic symbol of Baal, which is another name for Satan. It's what it is. It's the sun god. That's why the sunrise, horizon, see the horizon, It's it's... When it's sunrise or sundown, and it and that sun is right over my obelisk, now the force comes to me. This is what these maniacs do. Not only that, but they shed the innocent blood. Because once I get a relationship with one of these fallen deities, these fallen angels, whether it's demonic or a fallen angel itself, they will ask for innocent blood. And they will ask for something you value. Right? So I I don't want some whore off the street. I want your daughter. The deity will say, and I'll give you gifts. See, this is their religion. So that that particular thing, even though it's exposing this to the initiate here, the wannabe initiate, it's 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 concealing, and that's the occult. They are never going to tell you the whole story. That's why when Christ is in the Bible here saying. If you have ears and eyes, let them hear what this said, what the Spirit says. See, that's an open religion where if you're an initiate, you're going to go up degree by degree. And here, I'm, I'm, you're, you're coming up, so I'll tell you this. Then, then you're here, and you go through another ritual, and up you come. And then when you get to 15 degrees, they say, hey, you've been lied to all this time. But now we're going to tell you the truth. They had the Doctrine of atoms, clear back here. They had the round earth model clear back there uh, 800 years before Christ. There they are playing with the round earth model. Well, Galileo is the one that discovered that. In That's what we were taught in school. How many lies? See, you're no different than that priest of Baal that says, hey, I lied to you for 15 degrees. and Now you're in the 16th degree and I'll tell you the truth. That's the same thing with this folks, the space program is connected directly to the occult. It just is. You look at all the things they do. It has the numerology. It has the names of their gods. It has a deception. It's been nothing but a lie from the word go. And they're continuing that. They're continuing that. Uh, When I first, I had it in literature. Here's, Pythagoras and the Doctrine of Atoms. I thought we were some brilliant people that invented this atomic energy. Well, how can he be talking about it in 800 BC? It's, it's right there in world literature. How can that be? The Doctrine of Atoms? Yes. So, like I said, they're lying to the public. The, they believe that during this solstice, now, folks, there's an alignment coming on April eighth. It's coming right through Ohio. They're not gonna let this go. The people that are the people that are running the world, the real parents, are not gonna let this super alignment go. They believe this is their religion, and they believe this alignment is going to empower their endeavors. And there will be rituals going on, and there will be a spell over the public on this particular everything is building in the media every form i don't care where you go where you go there it's the, the control of the media and the dumbing down of the people and they're gonna fall into a rat trap between here and april 8th there this this type of alignment They believe is going to give them the force and their victory. And if the veil is gonna get thin, they're gonna contact their spirits, their devils from the other dimension. And that's that's I mean, we're there. So beware, be in your Bible. We got one more, one more Sunday of this, and then we're moving on to another subject. That subject is marriage and divorce, and what is it like back in? What was marriage out of the Bible? Not with your gutter-snipe Freemason preacher standing over you. No, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about the customs of today. I'm talking about what was it like back then? What I was asked to do this. What is what did Christ say about divorce? What does the law of Moses say about divorce? If I get married, what, what do I do? What did they do back in the Old Testament? What was a marriage consistent? That's the next subject, because I've been asked to do that. And that'll be fun. But from here to there, folks, we have to be have our nose in this Bible. Now, there's we're going on a thousand episodes on our podcast. It's all explained. It's gone over and over and over. The Pythagorean theorem is what he's talking about with the triad and the occult. That's what it's over. They're using that on the public, and we're about to get this antichrist. Okay, the war, the occultism, we have to be we have to have our eyes to the sky, our ear to the ground, we gotta stay true blue. Don't believe anything these gutter snipes tell you. They're attacking the Bible. <laughs> they're attacking it like and these are preachers doing it. They're calling, hey, on the pulpit, they're saying Paul was a queer. Paul was against Jesus. Did you know that? Yeah, these, these are preachers saying this stuff, and they've been saying it. They've been saying it, but now they're pushing it out here. The Toronto blessing has made a comeback. Does it, do you know what that is? That is it, I'm talking to the table people here. It's in complete insanity. This, these they get there and they laugh uncontrollably and fall down and start screaming and yelling, and the, the preachers make the drunks up at the bar look sober. I'm serious. They walk out and start singing uh, a Beatles song. Yeah. It's called the Toronto Blessing, it's demonic. That's making a comeback in our churches. We have this Orient origin school of philosophers they made every other Bible version. They were against the King James. When he to the Hampton Court episode there, everyone was against having this. Why? Because they're all philosophers. They're all in the occult. And it doesn't matter. I don't have to call Satan, Satan. I can call him Lucifer. I can call him the God of the wind. That's what he says. Satan says, I have many names, there's no sacred name. That's Christian stuff, yuck. I can call myself anything. I can say I'm Pan, I'm the god of the forest. But the philosophy stays the same. Anybody here at the table got anything?
1: One comment on, uh, Tom was talking about the eclipse and uh, the numerology that they use. In the space program and in the occult everywhere. They're announcing that in this area right here, the Akron area, that the total eclipse is going to be at 3 13 p.m. That is occult numerology. Now, I wonder what uh, time they're announcing in other areas. I'm sure it's going to be occult numerology.
0: Much of this is explained. In fact, you can scroll back there in a uh, uh, there's one. It's in the middle of uh, Ezekiel where I say the uh, the uh, abomination of sacrifice. There, I go over it for an hour all the numerology, the colors, the rituals, and how they're done. It, it, listen, I encourage everybody to go back and, and study this stuff because I can't get it all down here in in one one hour. There's it's a big subject, uh, but I'm we're going to do our best. And we've got one more. One more Sunday of this particular uh, subject, and uh, it'll be 11 of 11 there. And uh, like I said, this uh, Alexandria School of uh, Satanism is alive and well, and it's doing its duty here. And its duty is to get this man-made man, this Satan, this garbage pile of trash to rule the world. And he's a Rothschild. That being said, is there anybody from phone land that has anything to speak up, testimonies, questions, before I sign off? Okay. Listen, we appreciate every one of you. So here from Manchester, Ohio, from the Midget, Harriet, Big Ed, Benzie, Bo, and myself, May the Holy Ghost go with every one of us. Bye-bye.